Hey, it's your boy, the Big Aristotle Shack, and this is the Prime Time Podcast from the Bros Who Think Network. Bitches. What's up, guys? Welcome to another edition of the Prime Time Podcast. My name is Charles Reese, your host, and we are recapping a big win again. LSU improves to 7-0. and in the conference as they defeat the Mississippi State Bulldogs by a score of 36 to 13. As always, I am joined by Josh Lemoyne. Y'all can find him on Twitter at LSU FBall Truth. Josh, how you doing tonight? I'm doing good. Another win, you know, another week. So everything's uh, pretty happy in Baton Rouge. Well, Josh, you follow the Saints. I got to ask this question. Uh, Are are LSU going to, not LSU, but Louisiana, will they have the coach of the year in college and the coach of the year in the pros? At this point, it's hard, you know, it's it's hard not to. As good as Coach O has done uh, this year for LSU, I kind of think that Sean Payton has done, you know, a better job. I mean, for him to be undefeated without without Drew Brees and what he's done with Teddy Bridgewater, oh, man, that team is playing some of the best football I've seen a team, a team play in quite a long time. You I know, mean, that's a Super Bowl team right there. So, man, yeah, I think it goes to Sean at this point. Yeah, and on the other side, I think Coach O deserves, you know, a lot of recognition for the job right. he's done. Look, I think people thought LSU was going to have a good season, and really the one question mark other than Bama coming into the season was that Texas game. But, Josh, I mean, you look at it, now you look at an Auburn team that's top 10 this weekend that we play, look at Florida that's still in the top 10 after the loss. Texas is 15, but, you know, the only reason they're 15 is because they have two losses even though they almost lost to Kansas, you're still looking at quality wins. And LSU's putting up points. They're playing good football against these teams. And like Coach O says, their team wins. So, Josh, I mean, I don't really know what coach you could put ahead of Coach O. You know, I could see you having a couple guys tied. But right now, Coach O's got to be the front runner. Yeah, I mean, no, on the college, on the college side, if we're just looking at it, I think you have to go with Coach O. It's it's been it's been pretty fun, right, Charles? That I mean, when you when you tune into social media or on uh, you know on TV, the talk has been Coach O and LSU. So we've we've got a lot of coverage, and you know, it's been deserving, obviously. You know, and they've, they've played some good football. Um, we've kind of seen this before in the past, so we, we're going to have to close strong. We you know we know how people can flip pretty quick in Baton Rouge. If, the, if a couple losses come. So uh, at this point, I think Coach O is probably the, probably the coach of the year, what he's done. I mean, the offense has completely flipped around, right, Charles? I mean, to, I mean, I expected a change, but not a historic change, you know, arguably the, the greatest offense in history of the school. So, you know, I wasn't expecting that much of a change. And, uh, you know, you got to credit Coach O for going out and making the right moves. Well, something I found interesting in that Florida game, Josh, is I think LSU only had four third down attempts. Um, I think we talked about them being one for four, right? You look at this Mississippi State game, LSU had 11 third down attempts, uh, and they only converted on three of them, which is really low for what they've done this season. And I think that was more that first half. That second half was when you saw them, you know, first, second down, they were getting that first down. But, man, that that it seemed like Mississippi State at the beginning of the game forcing LSU to score field goals, you know, their first three times to the red zone. Seemed like Mississippi State had a good game plan against this LSU offense. Yeah, I mean, if you look at it, I, I think it was a combination of a couple of things, Charles. When I went back and watched the film, uh, you can say what it is, and I've talked about this before, and I know you have that we're we're human, and I know Coach didn't want them to look past this game. But if you watch the first few drives, it was almost kind of like, hey, 
Joe's going to, you could see the play. It, it was a little sluggish, a little had to, it just didn't, didn't quite come out with that fire. I kind of expected that, you know, Mississippi State has been playing real good football, just lost to Tennessee. But you can see it, it, as the game went on, Coach o got that energy going and they started rolling and they looked like the LSU that we expected. So, yeah, it, it was a little, you know, rusty there, especially in the, in the red zone with the field goals. It was, it was frustrating, uh, but they ended up figuring it out. Are you concerned about Cade York at all? Yes. Yeah, I'm absolutely concerned about Cade York. People asked me about that today. And I'm concerned at, at this aspect that if we need him to make a kick in a big game, like at this point in time, he hasn't had to make a pressure kick yet. So against Bama, against in the SEC championship, in the college football playoff, I would be I'd be really, really nervous to have him kick a game winning kick. He just it's the mental aspect. And I tweeted that out. I said, Kate, it's it's mental. But he's extremely talented. His leg is huge. So you got to go back. It's technique. It's mental um, you know, and get that fixed. Coach O said that today, Charles, that he's not one of them guys that avoids the kicker. He gets right in their face and says, it's technique. You're one of the best kickers in the country for a reason. You know how to kick. Go get it figured out on the sideline with technique. And, you know, it's, sometimes it's mental. Get the mental aspect figured out. So right now, yes, I'd be scared to see him kick a 50-something a yard kick for a game winner. Well, Josh, people like controversy. People like debate, right? So I'm going to debate you on both of those points. All right. I, I think Cade York, he's 7-9 for the season, right? Yep. You know, actually, I think he's better than that. I think he's 10 for – I'd have to look it up um, because he kicked three this weekend. Uh, yes, he missed an extra point, right? But overall, I mean, he had a big kick against Texas, you know, where that could have proven to be a difference, although LSU, you know, won by more than a field goal. You, you look at that and you say, look, Kate York's made a big kick on the road, you know. Yes, he's, he's probably enough to make a big kick against Alabama, but – he still hit his field goals against Mississippi State while as they were or you know, they were in the red zone, uh, makes him, you know, making them easier kicks. He's not missing a lot in practice. And Coach O's continued to repeat that. Yes, you know, he's missed some games or some kicks, you know, uh, in big situations like the one against Florida uh, in a packed stadium. That's kind of like his first rep, you know, in, in packed Tiger Stadium. That's the first time these freshmen have seen Tiger Stadium like that against Florida, you know. And, yep. and then on your other point, Josh, Yes, I agree there was some sluggishness. But, Josh, I think that they had a game plan where they bracketed Justin Jefferson and Jamar Chase and said either either beat us by the run or throw to these other guys. And at first, guys were dropping balls. You know, maybe, a, a, you know, you, you had to throw to guys like Racy McMath. You had to throw to guys like um, Derek Dillon. And, and you had some missed touchdowns that you could have if you would catch the ball there you score seven instead of scoring three and I think that you know maybe that attributed to the slowest start in the beginning but you know once they completed that touchdown that 60 yard pass in one play it was like oh we can't bracket anymore right. you know we're gonna have to cover that tight end position and Thaddeus Moss had a really good game and, and Josh if anything this is good for film you know against an Auburn defense which is probably the best defense you're gonna face uh, for the rest of the season, and for Alabama, is saying, look, LSU's got guys outside of Justin Jefferson, Jamar Chase, and I think Terrace Marshall's going to be back this week. If not, that Bama game, outside of those three, they have multiple guys that can catch the ball. No, no, you, you're right, Charles. And, yeah, you, you, you do make a good point. Uh, you look at some of the guys that probably weren't used to making some impact catches early in the game, and, yeah, there was a, numerous times where – you know, I was watching the game saying, come on, guys, you know, you got to you, you got to make that catch. So that's 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 a definitely a good point. Um, and as the season goes on, 
like you, you bring up, we're, we're going to need, they're going to need more of that as we Auburn, Alabama, maybe SEC championship game. These are going to be more talented teams that, like you said, can lock up some, some good receivers. So some of these guys are necessarily, you know, aren't the focal point. They're going to have to make some of these bigger catches. Really happy to see Thaddeus Moss starting to kind of really catch in his groove. I love that he can block. He's big, but he can also catch the ball. Oh, man, I think that's going to be key, especially down the middle of the field. Might catch one or two balls in a big game. Maybe this week coming up against Auburn, where when you have that tight end, just that threat down the middle of the field really keeps them safeties honest and has to keep them back. So I love that. I love the fact Moss is coming on. Yeah, and, and not only Moss, but you got to see some guys that made big plays last year, you know, in a Derek Dillon, a Racy McMath. You have guys that you can, you know, put on wheel routes and get on the outside and one-on-one matchups where they're going to beat their guy, and they're not your top three receivers. I think LSU is really deep as a receiving core as a whole, Josh. It's not just, yeah. you know, the top three guys. A guy that, you know, I, I guess this is a game where I kind of would have liked to see more was a guy like Stephon Sullivan. Yeah, you would think that they would have tried to get him the ball a little more. I know that he, he makes a few catches, but, you know, he just, I don't know. You know, looking at the film, I didn't really see anything that stuck out to me why they didn't use him. Uh, I'll go back and watch it again. But at this point in time, I really don't have a good answer for that one, Charles. Um, I, I look at a guy like Racy McMath. Charles, when you look at McMath and you watch him on a field, I mean, he, he looks like a freak of nature, man. I mean, he's, uh, he, he, when you're just standing there, you're like, wow. I mean, this guy, yeah. you know, and, and, he makes plays, and I just think, you know, Racy probably one of them guys, Charles, if you put him on an Auburn or maybe, you know, a different pro, uh, Vanderbilt, probably their number one guy. I mean, he's physically looks, you know, tremendous. So I think LSU needs to continue to try to try to get him the ball. Yeah, and, and you know, a guy like Derek Dillon as well. Yep. Josh, I, I thought, you know, you talk about quarterbacks that have won the Heisman. They have throws that you're like, oh, man, like that was impressive. That back right. of the end zone touchdown – uh, where Joe just launched it down the field, you know, slides over and has a perfect pass. That's that's one of those Heisman moments in a way. It doesn't always have to be against an elite team, but against quality competition, you you have a throw like that, and that stands out not only to, you know, voters, but to scouts as well. Yeah. No, look, I'll say the throw to Racy McMath, Charles, is, it was, it's a good point you bring that up. I was watching that game, and I told a family member, I said, okay, I've had enough of this. Okay, if you're a true Heisman guy and you know LSU wants to be considered elite, it's 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 time. Let's go. Let's let's move the ball down the field. We're we're playing with a lot less talented team. And that next play, you know, granted it was kind of a blown route, but he made the big throw down the board, and we kind of took off from there. So yes, you're you're dead on that. You know, that's coming these Heisman moments that they just kind of they just show from game to game that hey, these guys are just having no one of those type seasons. So. Well, Josh, I thought something that was interesting is we t- we've been talking about LSU being 50-50. While Miles Brennan had three th- three throws, let's look at the breakdown before Brennan came in. Uh, Joe threw it 32 times as a team. Uh, LSU ran the ball on, on design runs. It was uh, 29 times. So, yes, it was close. But, Josh, I was surprised we didn't see more rushing yards. I think some of that's a, a testament to how good State's uh, front four were. I do think they're talented up there. But, Josh, if I learned anything from this game, it's time to give Ty Davis 10 carries a game. Yeah, no, he's a player. You know, we, we I mean, we've been saying it all year, Charles, right, that it's going to be Emory and Ty. And it looks like uh, Ty is kind of taking a, taking a bull by the horns, and he's kind of that, that number two guy. Um, and he's elite, Charles. We talk about this on the show, that I like Clyde, and he's a tremendous back, and he's had a heck of a year. 
But when you watch Ty, we all kind of knew him and Emery have that that other gear, let's call it, you know. And Ty, he just looks like he's an elite um, Jeremy Hill-type running back. Um, he can hit it and break it. So, man, that just gives us another weapon. He's getting more comfortable. Um, and let's hope that Emery can can still continue to, to move along here and, and get some more touches because it would be nice if we had all three of them, uh, you know, going at the same time. But, yeah, it's time to get Ty more carries. Love to see him get probably close to equal carries, Charles, uh, Charles with, with Clyde. Like both of them maybe see that 10 to 15, somewhere they both fall up in there. That'd be nice. He's got that game-breaking ability. Yeah, man, I look, you know, you talk about Emory. I'd like to see him get more than two touches in a game. That's you know? it, too. Yep. And, yep. I, you know, I'd like to see him. Look, I know he blew his opportunity against Florida on a blitz pickup. And, you know, they were trying to get him worked in on a drive. And it's it's unfortunate. But the talent he has, Josh, you know, watching him in high school, he was really good catching the ball out of the backfield and getting in space. This is one of those games I would have liked to see. Although I will say this, is it seems that – LSU tried to run a lot of east-west. The north-south running is what I really wanted to see more of, and I think that's where Ty Davis had yeah. some success. You know, he did, Charles. I mean, uh, O made a statement today. He loves how he's one cut and he's downhill. And Ty is one cut downhill, and he's going to make you pay. When Whoever that first tackler is, he's going to make them pay. It's It's been a minute, Charles, since we've, you know, it's like a fournette, like, kind of like a guys, but more like a fournette, one cut and downhill. It's been a while since we had one of those elite type like that since fournette, so... Um, and had that top-end speed, had some good speed on the top end. So I'm excited about Ty Davis. He he looks like an SEC running back. Yeah, definitely has a size. Yep. I guess the only concerning thing, and then we'll move on from Ty, is, is I don't remember if it was his breaking tackles were really low in the SEC, like towards the bottom, mm-hmm. uh, or if it was something else. I think it might have been – or it could have been yards before contact. Look, he's averaging 8 points – or he had an average of 8.2. I think he's averaging over 5 right now. Yeah. Uh, which you don't really see, except out of some of the greats out of LSU. But his breaking tackle isn't isn't there uh, compared to others. But he's one of those guys where he lowers his shoulder. So I think that's where some of that comes in. But I'm excited to see more of him. Look, Clyde had another good game. Um, you know, you get what you need from Clyde. He fits this offense so well. And we've talked about it time and time again. Uh, Clyde in this offense is going to continue to excel as that passing game continues to do well. And both did pretty well in this game, specifically passing. But, look, I, I think that this was just another good game for Clyde. Yeah, Clyde. I mean, Clyde, he keeps doing his thing. I love how Charles, I love how Clyde, he, he's getting more comfortable. And you could see him in his game, a couple of them runs, man. Wow, you know, he's so shifty. Almost reminds me of a Barry Sanders with some of them, some of them moves that he's making – you know, with his cuts. Uh, but I think it, it's nice now. We're almost there with have a one-two punch, a guy that can kind of make you miss. And now you got Ty coming at you. Well, you, you just had to try, try to tackle Clyde. He's shifty all over the place. And the next carry is a guy who's going to run you right over. So it's it's good. You know, it's what Coach O said before the season started. Lo- he said, I'd love to have a Reggie Bush, Lindell White type thing going from USC. And it's looking like we're, we're, we're you know, we're, we're close to something like that. Clyde yeah, isn't I- Reggie Bush. I'm not, I'm not, I'm not saying that. I want everybody to understand that. <laughs> Clyde is not Reggie Bush. But, it's on the tape. You know. It is on yeah. the tape. We are going to take Oh, you know, I know somebody's going to pull, you know. No, Clyde is not Reggie Bush, but the concept, the concept. It's going to be us. It's going to be your intro next week. Right, right. It's the next Reggie Bush. But, you know, look, Josh, I think offense as a whole played really well. Um, I think that, you know, you look at, you look at what the receivers did. Uh, especially a guy like Justin Jefferson had another great game. 
Josh, he's got to be up there in, in terms of one of the best receivers in the country. Yeah, look, what Charles, what did we say? It went from he's kind of like a third, fourth-round guy, and he's kind of come up as the season goes. And some of my, my buddies that are scouts said, you know, he's definitely a second-round guy. And then it's just – it's so consistent and smooth. Um, I talked to two guys this week, Charles, and they have him as second. And one guy said, man, he might even be a late first. So each week, it's just like Joe. They're starting to prove it every week against elite talent, good defenses, and he's making it look too easy. Like one of my buddies at the scout said, he's making it look too easy against guys that are going to be in the NFL. He's elite himself, so you got to respect that. And the NFL scouts have noticed that. So he's working his way in, into the first round, Charles. And that's, man, that's something to be said, considering where he came from, where he started here, you know, at LSU in high school. So. What a big, what a big get by Coach O, you know, getting him in that recruit class. Well, Josh, I wanted to hold off on this because we've been giving them a hard time. Not only us, I think everyone as a whole has been giving LSU's defense a hard time. Defense mm-hmm. played lights out. Look, they yeah. gave up touchdowns and they gave up points in, in garbage time pretty much. But, you know, holding State, you know, to 340 yards, I was impressed by that. Uh, yes, they got 102 yards, but I tell you this, you know, we talked about it in the pregame. Uh, or, you know, their rushing attack, Schrader had 66 yards, but they have one of the best running backs in the league, and they stopped him. You know, another thing I thought was important was you look at that first half, State really dominated in terms of uh, possession time. But as well as that is LSU f- had three turnovers in this game, Josh. And, and you know, it's something Coach has been talking about is winning that turnover battle and, you know, being uh, plus in the turnover uh, margin for the season and LSU had kind of stuck around even but now they're kind of creating a little uh, a little separation they had two interceptions uh, they got that fumble Josh I thought the defense played incredible I did I thought this was their most complete game in the season Charles I know you can go back to week one and Georgia Southern they kind of shut them down completely but you know SEC opponent more of what we're used to seeing more of a traditional pro style offense um, me, I, I agree, Charles. This is their complete, uh, their, their probably their top complete game. But also, with that being said, I was watching the game and saying, "Oh, come on now, this is the offense wasn't getting going." And I said, "The defense is playing like an LSU defense." So I remember saying that, and that's good. I want to kind of LSU. It seems like each week they're creeping back to kind of getting getting there where we're expected an LSU to, LSU team to be. And it, yeah, I think they. It's almost like they got on that hump. They're coming down on that hump now, and it looks like they they got some things together. I think it has a lot to do with health, Charles, like we've talked yes, about. Yes. Now they can rotate the defensive linemen. I was harping on some of this, but, you know, I think you you were big about the health, and you, you see it. Guys can get breathers. They, they're more energetic. They're making more plays. They can they can rotate guys in and out. I think linebacker play. Queen and Clark, they're, they're, they've got reps under their belt now. They're, now they know what to expect to see on certain run plays. What lane should I be in? Where, you know, you know what, where do I, what gap do I need to cover? That all comes in with time, you know what I mean? Especially you're replacing a guy like Devin White. That ain't easy. Uh, so, yeah, I think all of that as a whole, health probably being the number one thing, uh, it, was their, it was their most complete game. Yeah, and with health, you're able to do something like this, Josh. Uh, leading up to this game, I saw Cody Worsham at the stat today. Grant Delpit had rushed. Uh, on blitzes seven times. Yep, he was all over the field. Game. He rushed seven times. He led the team in tackles. He had a QB hurry and uh, had five solo tackles, but 11 total for the game. And, and and I think, you know, having a guy like that come down leads to some bad throws and, and led to things like Christian Fulton and Jacoby Stevens getting interceptions. But, man, that play by Christian Fulton was really good. 
but that Jacoby Stevens one-handed mm-hmm. interception, man, that, that was incredible. Yeah, he's, fi- well, he's finally becoming that five-star player that we we all expect him to be. Number one kid out of, out of Tennessee. O mentioned today on his uh, press conference that he's pound for pound, the, probably the strongest guy on the team. Man, Charles, he's coming into his own, and he's he's starting to be that elite safety and kind of that hybrid hybrid guy. Man, you talk about having Grant and Jacoby there along the line of scrimmage, and when it, it's hard for me. Is there any other safety tandem in the country that competes with them two? I don't think so. I mean, them, them boys can play. I like how they're not afraid to play to run. You know, you a lot of guys that can cover center field, like get out there. But, boy, you talk about two guys that don't mind getting along the line of scrimmage and hitting somebody, making plays along the line of scrimmage. Man, that's, that's, that's big stuff for LSU. And that's a big reason why we're still undefeated. Yeah, Josh, you know, if I think this is the crazy thing to think about is LSU had 413 yards in this game. They put up 36 points. They should have scored more, really, if they had been more efficient in the red zone, although they did kick field goals. You know, that they could have uh, – they pretty much left 12 points on the field there mm-hmm. and not scoring touchdowns. And, and, you know, something to look at is – Look, State had three sacks in this game. You know, they had a couple of QB hurries. Uh, I think that some of that goes to your offensive line, not having Sadiq there. Sadiq yes. will be back for Auburn. But yep. it's it's crazy that, you know, you look at the differences against Florida, you have a lot of success. Against State, you know, you struggle. And, and look, we're nitpicking because not that we have to. It, it's just that this team has played so well that you have a game like this and you're like, oh, man, they didn't score 40 for once. And, you know, Mississippi State's sitting there celebrating because they held us to under 40, you know. So I I think that at the end of the day, like, LSU gets another victory. They're moving on to another top 10 opponent at the bye week and then looking at Bama. And it's time to move on from this game, look towards Auburn. But, again, you know, we're nitpicking at things saying, man, why didn't they do better here? Why didn't they do better there? I think the best thing that came from this game, Josh, is – Yes, LSU didn't play well at the beginning of the game, per se, uh, offensively. You know, the defense played really well. Uh, but if you're going to look at it and say, look, they had a good game plan against us, LSU defeated that game plan. And, you know, if there's anything I saw in this game, and I know I mentioned this earlier, talking about the brackets, and then having Racy go out and make that touchdown reception, it's this, Josh. It's that now you know that if adjustments need to be made before halftime, you know, middle of a quarter, that Brady can do that and Brady and Ensminger come up with that adjustment to get Racy in that tight end position and have him score a touchdown is important you're looking for matchups and that's what an NFL offense does they look at individual matchups and say where's our advantage look Justin's covered by a really good cornerback Jamar's covered by a good cornerback who's a guy like Marshall covered by who's a guy like Thaddeus Moss if we send Clyde out of the backfield that we're gonna have a linebacker on him can we send him on a wheel route you look at those things, and that's what this offense is doing. It's evolving, and Josh, I think it's only getting better. Yeah, uh, you know, a good example of that, Charles, was uh, the passes to Thaddeus Moss, the back-to-back passes to Thaddeus Moss. Coach O mentioned today, but I, I watched it on film before. They they called that the same exact play two plays in a row. They had him lined up a little different, but it was the exact same play. That right there, you talk about in-game adjustments. That was that was so cool. I don't think an in, in older offensive LSU team would have really seen that or maybe noticed that. And they, he said, look, they were confused covering that. They look completely lost. Running again, they went right back to it and it worked. So I, I love that. You talk about in-game adjustments. And I'm, we had mentioned that, I think, last week or the week before that we needed to maybe find a way to do that and do it better. So, yes, it did happen a couple times in this game. Uh, so, you know, that was, that was a big positive to take out of it. Josh, something that would be interested 
you know, to see, and maybe it's a thing we can do during the bye week, is charting these plays offensively and mm-hmm. seeing how many times LSU is running the same play out of the same formation, et cetera. Because to me, I'm not seeing too many similar plays. You know, and it's very similar to what the Saints do is, look, they run, and when I say plays, I'm talking about formation, routes, et cetera. They're running the same concept out of the same formation. They're running the same concept, but it's different formations. You know, yep. we saw a lot of bunch formations in this game. Yeah. Yeah, no, and I said it when they ran that play, the back-to-back play. I called it out. I said, wow, they ran the exact same play over again. And I think that's probably the only time I've said that all year. You know, maybe you now maybe we're not on a goal line. We're trying to we're trying to run the ball. Let's not let's take that out of play. But, you know, middle of the field, I was like, wow, that was that was the exact same play over again. And it worked, you know. So it's rare. Like you said, I, I haven't been seeing that. This ain't old LSU where toss dive, you know, hitch route, toss dive, toss dive. You know what I mean? It's not it's not that anymore. So yeah, that was I it stuck out to me that they ran the same play twice in a row and it worked both times. Uh, so, yeah, we're we're in a completely different era of LSU offensive football. Yeah, and it's an exciting era mm-hmm. of football for mm-hmm. sure. And look, Josh, I'm looking forward to LSU taking on another really good defense. And, and this is probably, like we talked about it with Florida, this is another one of those teams that has one of the better, if not the best, uh, front sevens in the SEC. Yeah, look, Auburn's com- yeah, Auburn coming into town that – when you look at it right now as we stand, Alabama may have more talent in the NFL down the road. But, Charles, as it sits right now, like Coach O said today, there's NFL dudes across that whole line. And if they got – they these are guys that will be playing on Sunday uh, in the conference this year. This is – yeah, this is probably the best front seven that we'll see maybe all year. Well, Josh, do you have anything else about this Mississippi State game that you uh, – that stuck out to you? Um, no, not, you know, not, not really. I thought overall that, like I said, they started a little sluggish. Like you mentioned, we had some drop passes. I look at it, Charles, real quick. You said this, that remember where what we were thinking about Mississippi state a couple years ago, I brought this up to a few, a few fans that when we were playing Mississippi state, think about it. We were nervous. We got, we got our tails kicked a few years ago there and to think when we walked into this game, this past weekend, we were all kind of had that calming we're going to take care of business and we're better than Mississippi state. We're at a better point in our program and we're going to go in there and throttle them and thump them. And that's kind of pretty much what happened. I want the fans to understand, think about where we were a couple of years ago when we were about to play Mississippi state, we were sweating. This is going to be a tight game. Hopefully we can get them, you know, to now that's called coach. O building his program and going in and trending in, in, in the right direction and Mississippi state, not necessarily doing the same thing. Uh, you're talking about two programs that are going not not in the same direction. So that's kind of the, the thing I took out of this after the game was like, wow, you know, Miss, I didn't look at Mississippi State the same way I looked at it years past. Coach O's really got this team trending, you know, trending in a real good direction. Yeah, another exciting game for LSU as they improve to 7-0. Get ready to take on Auburn. We will be doing a preview like always as we will be joined by a guest from the Auburn media. Um as Justin Ferguson, who joined us last year, will be joining us again. Uh, we'll get y'all up to date on everything Auburn and look forward to that matchup as the Auburn Tigers come in as the ninth-ranked team in the country uh, for a 2:30 game. Uh, LSU going to be playing three straight 2:30 games in a row, Josh. Uh, wish mm-hmm. it was a night game because that Florida game is electric, but cold front coming in. I expect it to be a good atmosphere once again. Expect the stadium to be packed and game day to be a great experience as always. 
But Josh, where can people get your, uh, your website and everything coming out this week? And uh, what, what else do you have coming out this week? Yeah, look, uh, you guys check out the website soon. I, I haven't made it official yet. We're still tweaking a couple more things, uh, but there's going to be some good content, some good articles coming out um, there on the website. So I'll get that out. But um, that's just LSUFBallTruth.com. Uh, we do have some of the older stuff that is up there if you want to read some of the stuff from the um, recruiting from the 19 class. Uh, but yeah, um, more to come. And, and from the other pod, Charles, that uh, for Auburn, uh, I'll have a, a good amount of names that I'll be able to push out in, in the next pod for for the recruits. I think now it's kind of the time, Charles, is for us to maybe start uh, looking at some of these recruits and how, how the class is going to kind of finish up. I got a, I think I got a decent idea. And I think on the next pod and we can kind of cover a little bit of that. But Auburn is, you know, this is another big game for the top recruits in the country. There's going to be some Big names here and some names that weren't on this list and didn't have LSU interest, let's say, four months ago, Charles. But now you're talking about some of the top five players in the country at their positions all of a sudden want to come to an LSU game. So I think maybe we can talk a little bit about that on the uh, on the Auburn pod. Yeah, definitely going to cover that list for that Auburn pod. And then make sure you, uh, we will have – I think, Josh, let's just go ahead and do a recruiting uh, pod during that bye week. As we get ready for Bama, we'll have a week off. We can get into the recruiting because, look, recruiting is hot right now. Yeah. She doesn't yep. have a ton of spaces. They've made some room by, uh, in, in a lack of better term, forcing guys out. Um, and, and they've got room to add a lot of talent. And I think they're going to do that. You know, yeah. I, I think LSU is about to make their class even better than it already is. And this is one of the better classes LSU's had in a long time, especially at key positions like defensive line. Yeah, no, this is you're right on, Charles. And I think the fans now, I, I you know, I kind of put recruiting back to the back burner. And I know for the recruiting junkies, they want new updated news every week. And it's just kind of not how it is now with the early signing period. But I'd say over the next three or four weeks, we, there should, there's going to be some good stuff coming out where LSU really wants to lock lock down and kind of get a good idea where their class is so they can start really putting a lot of effort in the, in the, the, the 21, 21 class. So, yeah, I think uh, – on the bye week there, Charles, that'd be a good week for us to kind of cover who I think LSU's going to close with. And then going into to the, the following class, they're really starting to put, you could see with the list, they're starting to put a lot of energy into that next class already. And that's how you do it. You know, if you want to be one of the best in the country, you got to stay at it. Well, it should be an exciting week as we get ready to take on Auburn. Uh, make sure y'all check out that preview pod as it'll be out Thursday morning. But for Josh Lemoyne, my name is Charles Reese, your host. Y'all have a great week. Enjoy this good cold front that just came through tonight. And as always, God bless.